Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers with your whole team. My name is Daryl E.D. Fulton, but PCH Professor Craig Hawkins, Brian Allen, Eric Strand, and Gabriel is taking care of all of the engineering um, aspect of his show, the technology. It's good to have Gabe back. Yes, it is. Good seeing you, brother. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, um, we had some great teaching early in the broadcast. Please let people know about that teaching. That's something very prevalent for today, and we believe, uh, strongly believe, that everyone that you know should hear the beginning of our broadcast tonight. So if there's any kind of way possible, please share that. Share that information so that maybe, especially with folks that are, so I would say, from middle school all the way up to those those uh, teenagers, not teenagers, but college students <laughs> yeah. to let them please let them hear it if you got any college students in your life uh i go from middle school to college please let them hear the beginning of our broadcast tonight in any kind of way you can share it with them text it or whatever you have to do get the information to them i really appreciate that now pch and brian when information that we want to get to the people without further ado is something that is so serious that is going to have eternal consequences and craig you know what i'm talking about i'm talking about the gospel of jesus christ and how we have the temerity to say, except you believe in Jesus Christ, your sins will not be forgiven and you will live in eternity um, in hell. Am I bold to say that, Craig? Or am I smart to let people know the reality of their eternity? Well, Daryl, just, just like medical doctors, we have a professional, and we would argue here, spiritually and ethical responsibility to tell people the truth. People may say, well, I identify as I'm fine, mm-hmm. either you know, God and I are good, or I actually am God, or I'm potentially God. And you can believe things like that. With all due respect, it's not true. I'll acknowledge you're, you're right in one sense, at least for now, to think that, but that doesn't make it so. You have a right to have your opinion and to express it and to live it as, as long as God gives you breath in this life. But... But that's ultimately we're not being loving, we're not being kind, we're not we're not being good people by letting you hold to, to false notions. I mean, it'd be just like thinking, and this happens. There's people, and they talk about disinformation. There are people who are quacks out there who say, "I think I've got this cure for cancer," and and in fact, it's 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 false. It's not true. It's not efficacious. And if we were with the FDA, we would be, um, it would be immoral and certainly uh, against our professional standards to, to allow that to be. It would be a violation of our pro- professional responsibilities to point out things that were quackery that are not true. And so it is spiritually. It's interesting. Rudy, one of my favorite authors that I haven't read for years tonight for a number of reasons, and he was talking about and the term I haven't used in a long time, I really kind of forgotten about it, is soul sorrow, soul mm. sorrow. Mm. And, and that's opposed to being, finding the, 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 the truth and, and something fulfilling you completely, totally, looking for something, and indeed reality, that, that, that fulfills you spiritually, emotionally, mentally, aesthetically, every way. And and my friend, you may you know we may have been talking about something you hold to, to tonight, and you think if you could just get that um, surgery or uh, those hormone blockers or or whatever, that you're going to be healthy and whole, and life's going to be wonderful. And and I don't mean to be mean, but I would not be loving it if I didn't tell you the truth. It's not going to bring you fulfillment, contentment. That's not going to happen any more than sex, drugs, rock and roll can. Any more than simply making a lot of money or 
or having even being a philanthropist and giving away millions of dollars, that's not going to bring you ultimate fulfillment, contentment. That's not going to bring you any closer to God. What matters, friend, is you admit you suffer from soul sorrow. There's something wrong. It's it's kind of like you ever had that where you're getting sick and it's not full blown yet. But you go, man, I'm just I'm not I'm not firing on all cylinders. I'm I'm not feeling well. And then sure enough, the next day you wake up and you're really sick. Uh, but you knew something was wrong. Well, what I'm saying to you is spiritually, you know something's wrong. You know something's amiss. You may not completely understand it. You're not sure. But we're telling you, with all due respect, is because you are alienated from God, because you have not trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. What you're looking for, the only thing that will cure soul sorrow is Jesus Christ, who gives life in that more abundantly. So it's not only is there an eternity of separation coming up between you and God, a Christless eternity, and to be honest, the biblical doctrine is hell, eternal separation from God. But even your life, life now isn't all that it could be. It, you're just going through the motions. You're not, you're not thriving. You're surviving, and you know it. I don't have to beat you up on this. You know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. There's something missing, just like a piece in a large puzzle. You may have a thousand uh, nine hundred ninety nine of the pieces, but there's one missing, and you know it. And there's something, as though in this case, at the core of your soul that's missing, and it's a relationship with God. And it's missing because it's missing for all of us and until we trust in Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, until we believe on Him and Him alone for salvation, which is deliverance. What you need, what you're longing for, what your soul you're aching for, the deepest core of your being, is a relationship, is fellowship with God. And unless you surrender to God, unless you acknowledge your sins, your imperfections, and ask for forgiveness, you can go the rest of your life, however long that is, doing whatever it is you think is going to bring you contentment, and it will never. At the end of the day, as Solomon said, it's vanity, vanity, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. But if you will surrender to God, ask for forgiveness, he will give you life, and that more abundantly, starting right here right now. Now, again, I'm not saying an easy life, like all, all your problems are going away, or what have you, but the life that is truly life will be yours, and you will know a joy that you've never experienced before. Not that life is easy again, but God gives us His joy. He gives us the pleasure of fellowship with Him, because now we have a relationship with Him, because He's adopted us into His family. Our sins are forgiven, and He's restored us to relationship and fellowship with Him. My friend, acknowledge your sin, ask for forgiveness, turn away from it, turn towards God, trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and know that He alone can give you meaning, significance, purpose, here and now and for all of eternity. Only He can give you life, and that more abundantly. Brian, we know that's so true. Amen. Participation time. Well, you know, Daryl, if our uh, people in our listening audience want to participate uh, with our broadcast, they can do so by help supporting this radio ministry, uh, by giving a donation to us, by praying for us. And they can do that real real easily. They can go to the website, go to BibleInfoBrokers.com, BibleInfoBrokers.com, click on the link, support and donate, and they can give that way. 
via a credit card, debit card. Or if they want, Daryl, they can um, they can uh, mail in their check, money order, cash or check, whatever the case might be. Make it out to Living by the Word, Living by the Word, and mail it to P.O. Box 90477, 90477, Los Angeles, California, 90009. Again, Living by the Word, P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, California, 90009. Uh, we definitely want to thank you for your prayers, and we're going to ask that you continue to pray for this ministry. We want to thank you for your donations, and we would like you to continue to donate to this ministry. Uh, we appreciate it. Right, you know, I talk about the participation, but you also have a way people can participate in building up themselves in their most holy faith by a virtual Bible study that you conduct. Please share with the people of that. Yeah, Wednesday night, real simple, Wednesday night, 730. Uh, we have a, a virtual Bible study uh, through Zoom. And just simply go to B-I-B-V-B-S, a real dot com. A real easy way to remember that is Bible Info Broker Virtual Bible Study, B-I-B-V-B-S dot com. Wednesday nights at 730. Love to have you join with us. All the time you say that, you talk faster with those. When you do the initials, you remind me of the other three students when they did that little song, but I won't do it for them. Oh, when okay. You, so that's that V. What are you saying again? V what? V-B-S. Say the whole thing again, please. B-I-B-B-B-S dot com. I'll, I'll share the three students after the show with you. Um, PCH, in this participation, I want you to share with the people how they can participate with his channel because you don't have one. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I just want to see if you were still with me. You take your little, little court order break. A union break. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm telephonically still with you. Yeah, my man, my so, man. Indeed. So, yeah, it's my pleasure to host one edition of Today's Bible Questions. That's on his channel, literally just H-I-S, his, as in God, his channel, uh, no hyphens, no space, hischannel.com. And my program airs Wednesdays, 1 to 2, where I attempt to answer people's questions like we're doing here, only uh, on, on Internet TV. And you can you can dial in twenty four seven three sixty five and text your questions in at the number seven one four eight one five seventy ninety seven seven one four eight one five seventy ninety seven. You can text your questions in, and we'll attempt to answer them. And I just uh, I really enjoy it. It's another opportunity to do some biblical Q and A. Appreciate that, PCH, and along with the participation that we did for the giving. You can get a ribbon for that and rewards in heaven for that. You participate with a virtual Bible study. You're going to get rewards in heaven for that, I believe. And also participating with the Wednesday and 24-7. And I, Craig, if you didn't give that phone number, I want you to give it to them where they can actually send in questions 24-7. Even right after this broadcast, they can send in a question as well. And you can participate that way. Is that number 714-815-7097? I'm sorry, 
7097. I got it. So yeah, that, they can't they can't they can't do it for another like 45 minutes. But right, don't do that. That's why I said after the show. I got that in there. I got that in there for sure. And also, you know what? I have one more thing that they can participate and I'm sure they will get rewarded in heaven for it and they also will be able to grow up in their most holy faith, not only with the Bible study, not only with the getting their questions answered, but in daily reading. This is day 141. If you're on our Facebook page especially, you can scroll down now and see how I post these daily readings. I'm proud of myself just to be able to just post this stuff because I don't do Facebook that often, but I post these things. I know how to post on Facebook now. So check out uh, day 141 because we're reading through 2 Samuel 22 and 23 and then Psalm 57. Just those few verses, just those few verses, 20 minutes a day, you'll go through the whole Bible and be able to make a comment or a question and you can have 365 days of comments and questions commenting and questioning on the whole Bible. I'm interested in what you have to say about your reading, so please take advantage of that and participate in that as well. So right now, what I'm going to do is, hang in there, Marcus and Stephanie, I want to get to you, but because um, people had called in earlier, and I do have their questions down, I wrote them down before they actually got hung up on or hung up themselves. I don't know which one it was, so I'm not going to speculate. But I will say for we have a couple of questions from Christine and Eric I'm going to deal with, guys. And Christine is from Pasadena, and she was asking a question out of Matthew 22, verses 21 through 23. That's Matthew 22, 21 through 23. Brian, if you've got that, can you read those verses, please? Uh, well, not all of them, but just 21 through 33. Just read a few of them to get, get, in, get into it. Uh, uh, 21, they said to him, Caesar's, then he said to them, then render to Caesar's the things that are Caesar's and to God, the uh, things that are God's and hearing this, they marveled and leaving him, they went away. Verse 23 on that day, some Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to him and questioned him saying, teacher, Moses said, if a man dies, having no children, his brother as next of kin shall marry his wife and raise up an offspring to his brother. Now there were seven brothers with us, and the first married and died, and having no offspring left his wife to his brother. So also the second and the third down to the seventh. And last of all, uh, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife of the seven shall she be? For they all had her. But Jesus answered and said to them, you're mistaken, not understanding the scriptures or the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. But regarding the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken to uh, you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Verse 33. And when the multitudes heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. And Christine's question is, who are you married to in heaven? Well, the scripture just said it. There are no marriages in heaven. Okay. Uh, what? It says, for in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And the, and, the, and the supposition is that they're not married. So you won't be married in heaven, even though you've been spending this lifetime here married? Yeah. There is no marriage in heaven, according to what the scriptures teach. Mm. I haven't read anything different. Craig, you know of anything different as far as um, who you'll be married to in well, heaven? 
I agree with Brian, but there are people, and there are even scholars who would argue that it only says that, that nobody will be given in marriage, yeah, not that marriages yeah. still won't be take place. I, I think they're misunderstanding the passage. Personally, I don't, I don't subscribe to their view. But uh, there is a book, in fact, uh, I forget if it's Scott McKnight or whoever it is. There's a book out by Lee Storable uh, on heaven, and in there this uh, individual uh, argues this. Uh, I think there's problems with the arguments. Again, I think Brian's right, but he says, look, all it says is they're not given. Mm-hmm. But I would argue some things are are, are, are are idiomatic, and not this person doesn't know that. They're idioms, and I would argue, my understanding is, yeah, that, you know, that marriage is is not in heaven, because it's a different ballgame. It's completely different. Can, can, um, I, can I ask a question, Craig, though? In that passage, mm-hmm. where it says, nor are given in marriage, but before that, it says, for in the resurrection, they neither marry. Then it says, nor are given in marriage. So, I'd have to look at the Greek text and see what's going on there. But the point is, uh, this individual, yeah, tries to argue that. I, I, again, I think they're wrong. Um, yeah, and then no, yeah, because when when I when I read that they neither marry, that to me they're saying not, there's no marriage, and then there's no marriage, or they're not even given in marriage. So yeah. Well, I think things are getting much um, easier in heaven, so I know good and well that there is marriage in heaven. It's not going to be the type of marriage we have down here where we have to really, really work hard on those relationships. It's a different ballgame. It's, yes. it's a different – We. It's kind of like games for the superintelligence. You need a paradigm shift. You're, yes, Lord. We're assuming that the rules that operate here are this, mm-hmm. all the same. I'm not saying there's none of them in heaven, but it's a different ball. It's a different ball game. So, so yeah. I mean, here, we, you know, we have marriage, and we understand that. And but, what would be the purpose of that in heaven? Now, could it be? It could be. Could I be wrong? Yeah, I don't think so, but. Um, but but it but it seems to be different. I think we're all going to have such better relations with each other. It's going to. It's just a different. It's a different set of circumstances altogether. All would be my understanding. And let me expand it, Brian. I see you want to ask another question on this. I'm just going to expand it just for uh, devil for advocacy. Easy sake. Oh, that too. There you go. That's better. What I said. Get the devil out of this. The new the new earth. Uh, what about marriages in that situation, Greg? Brian, the new earth, new heaven, and new earth. The well, new earth aspect of it. My my understanding is we're not going to be um, restricted to heaven or earth, okay? Because we you know the Bible says there's going to be a new heaven mm-hmm. and there's going to be a new earth, okay? And it's funny because when you talk to people, a lot of people have the concept of, well, we're just going to be up in heaven. Right. But the question is, uh, we're also going to, you know, we're going to be here on earth What about those well? 1,500 square miles, PCH? Well, the, the new, but we have to understand. Brian's right. We're not going to be in heaven officially. Heaven, it, it, we're on the new earth. That right. is where we go. Heaven is the abode of God. So it's not either or. It's it's it's, it's both and. I would argue. Even mm-hmm. so, come Lord Jesus. I mean, see, I would. I'm not that spacey guy. What's that Star Trekky and all that kind of stuff? But that's one of the shows. <laughs> I do that. I do that signal. That's one of those shows where they used to uh, beam me up, Scotty. Is that the, I get it? Is that the one? Yeah, Star Trek. Yeah, you okay, got it. Okay, so I'm telling you, it's like when I when I remember when Jesus appeared onto them when they had the Doubting Thomas situation, and it's like the door was closed and all of a sudden he appeared to them. That's when my brain go to. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be much more magnificent than that, but just be able to do that. 
I can't wait. I ain't gonna lie to you guys. If I can just do that, man, that's that's gonna be something else. So that's just my little thoughts there. But listen, let's take another um, uh, call. Hey, Marcus, I'm gonna get to you, Stephanie. Hang in there. But I want to get Eric's question because it's gonna kind of lead into uh, Marcus's question somewhat. Eric from Chatsworth called uh, earlier, guys, and I I think um, uh, Eric Eric hung up on him probably. So that's that's probably what happened. That's but anyway, so <laughs> Eric from Chatsworth called and said, "That's what." Well, <laughs> look, I'm just. I'm I'm just doing you and Craig what y'all thinking. That's all. Because you're going to ask me, well, how did we lose the call? <laughs> I'm just saying what you guys are thinking. So give me a break. Yep. Anyway, hey, 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 listen to this question, Brian. Way, Pro- prophecy. Yes, yes, Craig, what? No, by the way, in heaven, there will be neither phoning or, or <laughs> phone calls for being hung up. There'll be no telephonic disconnection, right? Hey, Craig. <laughs> Or anyone else. My goodness, my goodness. Craig, hey, well, look, go, Craig, ahead, go ahead, Brian. You know what? If you know no more pain, no more suffering. What if when Daryl gets there, he Here finds out there's no golf? No, no, no. See, we already know. Listen, <laughs> that's why you guys don't understand. Read your Bible. The new earth, fifteen hundred square miles. You know what that is? You know how many golf courses we can get on that? A cube, Brian, fifteen hundred square miles. Anyway, we're going Daryl to the next question. Blasphemy, I, I, I looked at him. And he said it. He said it and didn't even fall out of his seat. I can't believe this man. Anyway, Eric from Chatsworth want to know: At what point should Christians defy the government? And I'm sure the question came out of what we were talking about earlier in regard to this whole woke situation and all the the teaching you gave earlier, PCH. But at what point should a Christian? defy the government, which I think is an excellent question for everyone to consider. Well, there's no, there's no one-size-fits-all here. I wish I could say, I wish I could say, okay, here's the guidelines, and this <laughs> works for everybody. But it's a matter of conscience. Uh, but according to the Bible, when the government commands what God forbids or forbid yeah. what God commands, there are times when it's not only appropriate, excuse me, you have a right, but have a duty to disobey the government. So if the government tells me I can't worship God, if the government tells me to do things, if the government, let's say if I was in China, now it's the two-child policy. It was one child for, for years. If they tell me that I could only have two children and if I was, my wife is pregnant and has a third, I would disobey the government, right? I, I'm not going to kill the child. Um, so, but but that but that so I'm going to argue there's some are some some bright lines, some hard lines. I I would argue that there's going to be other ones. It's it's between the individual believer and the Lord. I I have friends, for example. Who well, some of them lost their jobs um, because they refused the vaccine, and mm-hmm. for various reasons, they believe they had biblical grounds not to take the vaccines, and their their employer, sometimes the government, was demanding that they that they do do that, and they refused, and they suffered the consequences of that. Now, some of them are involved in litigation. I think some of them are actually going to win. So, oh, go ahead, Brian. No, you you know, I look at. Uh, that question, Daryl, almost like uh, breaking down the, the essentials of the Christian faith. There are essentials that, you know, if you don't believe them, you're not saved, okay? But then there's peripheral issues as well, okay? And then there's non-essentials. And so I look at that insofar as, you know, when the government tells us to do things. There's there are essential things that, you know what, if the government says to do it and it's essential that the Bible says not to do Just it. Just like Craig was talking about secondary. Exactly. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll say there's secondary or peripheral issues mm-hmm. where the government will tell you not to do something. Well, 
you know, then it's a discretionary thing between you and the Lord, depending on, you know, what, what you want to do or what you don't want to do. But it's not an essential thing where the Bible is telling you absolutely you can't do it. And I, I'm, 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 on, I'm smiling a lot about this because it gets right down to things as simple as, like, Craig, we, we talked about this all the time, one of your favorite subjects, driving on the freeway, and not when people are cutting you off. That's not your favorite thing. But driving on the freeway, it is actually more safe to drive at a much slower speed than what we're legally able to drive right now. Not only more safe, it's also more cost-effective as far as gas and things like that. And for other people, cars who have that high you know, for that situation. So, but yet, in that, everybody has to make a choice, and it's not, like you said, one way or the other. So I love the question by uh, by Eric from Chatsworth. Excellent question, and people have to you know, ponder it for themselves. So yeah, why don't we do this, guys? If I give the number out again, you think people may call in with the last uh, 30 minutes left in the broadcast? No, when there's 15 minutes left. That's when they'll call. Let's see now, Brian, getting a little sarcastic for it's that, not, Brian. No, not, send an email been, to is Brian. It, is it true? Is is it true that we get a bulk of calls in at ten at eleven forty five? Craig, and, that question is for you, Craig. Triple eight nine 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 five 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 two is the number. Triple eight nine nine five 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 two is the number. Everything else is Bible Info Brokers, Facebook, email, tweet, or messenger as questions. If you're on our website there and you're donating, that's great. We appreciate that. You can click that button. But also navigate around there and see the various resources that we have to offer. And please take advantage of those resources. Please, please, please take advantage of those resources. But right now I'm gonna go to the phones as people are calling and as Brian just suggested. Um to Marcus in the city of Eagle Rock. Marcus, thanks for holding on and calling in. Absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen. I hope you're all doing well. Well, uh, we're having fun. Let's put it that way. What's your question for the night? <laughs> I, could, I could tell. Yes, uh, earlier uh, you were talking about wokeism and uh, the discretion of the judge and basically do whatever he wants. And um, But there, I've noticed that there's some laws that say you may do something you know, or you, I mean, it's may, you may um, follow this law or you shall follow it. So if that's the case and the judge, because it's his discretion, wants to uh, just disregard what the letter of the law says, what, is there one appeal um, that's better than the other? Because I know there's different types of appeals. Now, when you, well, let me make sure I understood the progression of your of your of your question. When you was talking about the judicial discretion, judicial discretion is given by uh, the, the lawmakers. You know, those that uh, make the law with the uh, in the various states or even on the federal side. So then they apply to the judge. Here's the law that you're going to you know adjudicate through a jury trial or ju- trial by a judge or magistrate. But then within the law, after the particular thing is going on that's why i was making a point that a lot of this judicial discretion comes out in the in the form of mitigation or enhancements from the judge based upon the discretion given to them by our policymakers craig am i kind of saying that right in regards to how it works well sure let me well yeah but say a little so here's the thing unless uh, unless the law actually says that it can only be decided one way, and, and it never does that. Right. Never. Really ever Seldom. Does that. Mm-hmm. No, so, so look, you can have what we call fact pattern. You can have the same fact pattern, the same case, and this happens all the time, and you have com- a completely different holding because one judge is a legal realist, another yep. holds the sociological jurisprudence, another one holds to some form of formalism. I'm, I'm just going to go down the list here, not all of them, but I mean, 
another one holds to law and economics. And so, so, so it, there simply is no quote unquote right or wrong way. Um, many times, and that's why we can get such diverse mm-hmm. holdings for basically the same case. So, so look, I'll give you an example. I mean, this is this is just reality here. Um, uh, and again, that's what I have to teach my students. They think they're just going to learn black letter law <laughs> and 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 the exceptions, and they've got it down. So you go in, you've you've you own a, a, a residence, and you've been running it to somebody. They've defaulted. It's over six months, and now you want the marshal to evict them, right? Because it takes about six months to do that. And you go. This is a slam dunk, but it comes into to the, the judge for the final for the final hearing to to sign off on it, and the judge goes something like this: Well, I can't. But if but if I do this, they'll get kicked out. And they have no place to go. Mm-hmm. And that's I don't. That's not right. So I'm not going to sign it. There's no law in California that says you have to sign it. There's just a basic law, and the, the judges have an incredible amount of discretion, not on most holdings. And that's, I mean, look, look at the Supreme Court. Look at a typical, you know, whether it's six, three, five, four decision. It happens all the time. Just take a five, four. You have five justices who go one way, and all, and really, but all they needed was one of them to change, and the and the holding would have been yep. the exact opposite. And ha- that's like normal. I mean, no, in other words, rarely do you have a slam dunk zero nine, right? It's all it's often six three, you know, five four, what have you. And all it took is would take with the five four is one justice to vote the, the other way, and the law would be completely different. So they don't make law, at least they're not supposed to, but then we talk about what's called <laughs> judicial activism, and that's what we're talking different about thing. here. Really. Yeah. Can I, can yeah. I add something, but, Marcus, if I could, and I'll let you make a comment. As I'm rereading your question, I get the impression, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that, uh, what I don't know, it's a, I think it's a constitutional law we have on a federal level whereby we can um, have a grievance and then regress a grievance to our government. That's one. And I think what happens even right now in L.A. County, how they're how the power, Craig talking about somebody have some power. What about the person who have the power to bring the case before the court in the first place if it doesn't ever get brought to the to the court because of the DA? Ergo, one of the appeal things I see in your question, and this is what I'm leaning towards, is our right as citizens to recall anyone that we voted for. In this regard, the DA, like Gascon, in, in case on, on a recall thing on him, just like the governor Newsom on a recall of him. So our appeal, as it were, as individuals, we have those rights because this is a representative form of government. This is not a democracy. This is a representative form of uh, government that we have that we, the people, eventually have the final say, but we're just not as organized as once we put people in office. Well, an appeal, you can't just appeal for anything and any reason. There no, that's correct. Ground. That's correct. Generally, you're looking for a violation of what's called substantive or yes. particular procedural due process. Yes. Um, that is, and of course, but by the way, but even let's say you have the right to appeal, you have to have the money and the yep. time and the energy to go do that. Yes, sir. We're talking and sometimes incredible amounts of money to retain counsel. So it's not just even do you have a right, do you have the option in your given case you have a right to appeal. It's can you afford it? Cost of doing business. Cost of doing business. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I agree with that. Thank Marcus, any, uh, I hope that's helpful to you. You were going to say something. I don't want to uh, step over you, even though we did two or three times. 
Well, uh, just real briefly. You know, so uh, I understand everything so like a landlord-tenant issue, and there should be some uh, hardship and equity for that because that's pretty drastic to put somebody on the street. But on the other hand, like if you um, uh, have one law that says you shall do this, um, like, for example, um, the uh, due, like you were just mentioned, due process. I think if there's two federal and a state statute, then you have to follow the federal statute, right? Because your state can't yeah. supersede that, right? So that's what I'm talk- also talking about. But then, like you said, I understand it takes money to, do, to if you want to stand up for that, and there's no guarantee that you're going to get it. So, yeah, I understand all that. But I just was wondering if there were like one appeal better, like a general appeal as opposed to. Depends on, uh, like, no, it depends uh, on, the, on, the, on the case. You can't, you can't say that. You can't say one's always better than the other. Right. It, it's what is the best line of argumentation given your circumstances and what happened. Was there a violation of, is, do you think that the, the law actually violates substantive due process and or procedural? So it depends on the exact circumstances. And then you, watch this, and here go the circle, and we're going to let you go, Marcus, and here you go. Okay. And when you adjudicate, no, no, watch this, and when you adjudicate it, you're going to have to adjudicate those arguments right back in the court, <laughs> and what type of judge do you have? So here we go, here we go around in circles. Marcus, thanks for your phone call, brother. Appreciate you. <laughs> PCH, we, uh, even so come Lord Jesus. 888 is the number. 888 is the number. Everything else is Bible info broker. Send us your questions. Don't, don't make Brian true on his, his prophecy that you're going to call in like 15 minutes left. We're going to get a bunch of calls. We appreciate that, but call now. 888 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552, because we don't want to make Brian a false prophet, but we don't make his prophecy come true as well. We kind of want to be neutral on that. When I have to say, thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> Stephanie from Burbank, thanks for holding on and calling in. Hi. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. Um, are you guys doing good? Yeah, we're doing well, doing well. What's your question for the night? Well, it's about what you were talking about earlier, about the trans thing. And it seems that, uh, you know, it's a small group of people changing our children and, and everything because they seem to be organized and they're very vocal. So my question is, what is stopping, like, the majority of people that believe that that's wrong to uh, do these things to uh, these children from... Uh, taking some sort of legal recourse. Uh, now, Stephanie, uh, Craig, did you understand the question, Brian? Did you get it? Because I'm a little bit thrown off on it. If you guys got it, let's proceed I, with it. I think she was just saying, you know, of all the things that are taking place in the world with the homosexuality, abortion, so on and so forth, why aren't Christians who oppose these exactly. viewpoints, why aren't they stepping up and Especially saying Especially the trans uh, thing where they want to, they're, they're putting ideas into little children. Right. They should be taught uh, how to avoid weirdos and not, you know, uh, uh, you're gay because you're a girl and you like video games or you're gay because you're a little boy and you like to uh, cook. Right. You know, something well, like that. You right. Know? Some, some of these things, you can't bring a lawsuit per se. Right. That's, that's, there's not really legal grounds. I, but I'm going to argue it's much simpler than that. It's, it's apathy. And most Christians are either, well, it's the proverbial, what's the difference between apathy and ignorance? I don't know, and I don't care. Most Christians, they're not involved. Oh, Lord. 
they don't. Uh, people aren't going to like this, so be prepared for fire and brimstone here. Most Christians don't care. Love They're it. not involved. They're too busy. They, you know, we 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 talk about eternal life. We talk about our values, and yet we send our kids for five days a week, how many hours, to secular schools, many of them teaching things we totally disagree with, things that are totally bizarre. And I'm going to give a few examples in just a moment, not that you don't know what I'm talking about, Stephanie, but to wake up perhaps some more in our audience. But but the point is, is that because parents are too busy at making money, um, most families, they both work. As many times they have to. I don't mean that I'm trying to disrespect people here. Sometimes they have to. But often we simply want to keep up with the Joneses so we don't keep track of our kids. Uh, and or if we even did a decent job through high school, which many parents don't, when they send them off to college. Oh, they're, they're okay. I've raised them. No, they're not okay. And they send them to Christian U, and they think, well, certainly they won't be taught anything wrong there. Oh, guess again. Many so-called Christian colleges, real and imagined, have all kinds of nonsense that's taught that's unbiblical. What, but Christians are not involved. Instead of going, and certainly not threatening anybody or doing anything like that, but they don't go to the school board meetings, they don't, they don't look at the curriculum, they're not... They, they they don't talk to their kids. What are you being taught? What, what's going on? What classes are you taking? You got sex education. Well, what are they teaching you? What, what what's going on? Most Christians are oblivious to this. I mean, this is how bad it is. There's some books that are just so uh, they're, they're they're pornographic. They talk about they're very explicit. Yeah, they don't leave it to the imagination. But Shouldn't there be like a, a recourse for that? Is that alone? Well, there is. I mean, the recourse is by not allowing it. The recourse, you can't just sue them. What, how, how are you going to sue them? That's very difficult because they'll just say, we're doing our job. What you can do is you vote them out of office. You there show you up and you let them know, we know what you're teaching. We know what you're allowing. We know what you're mandating. So I think of, I mean, one of many examples. So again, the answer here isn't necessarily lawsuit. I mean, that's not it. It's, it's much simpler again. Christians simply need to show up and pay attention. Um, after all, it's only our kids we're talking about here. But I think of one example of many is where a gal was reading from required literature that her daughter had to read, and they cut her off and said, well, you can't talk like that in here. You, we, we don't allow no swearing. Right. And she's like, I'm reading material that yeah. you required my daughter to read, and it's pornographic, and you're telling me I can't say this here? I mean, how hypocritical, how moronic is that? And that's what we're dealing with. So, But Christians are not aware. They don't know what books are in the library, what books are being mandated that they read. For everything, but you know, I think people, Christians, and everyone should do marches for this subject. And letters. Well, we need, to, we need to certainly be involved. I think we need to pray. We need to be informed. And we need to, to, make, to make a difference and let, our, let the school board know. These are our views, and they, they may not like them, but we show up, we let them know, and we're going to vote, and we're going to vote them out of their position. You, you know, and we'll keep doing that until things change. Ryan, you see Stephanie is gone. And my hands were free. So, Stephanie, we apologize. Don't know what happened to you. I hope you just accidentally touched something on your phone. But go ahead, Brian. Um, you know, one of the things uh, I, I, I look at what Craig was saying, I, I look at uh, as uh, an example of what had happened, was when the owner of Chick-fil-A spoke out against homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Or was that or abortion? I can't remember which okay. one it was. Uh, oh, then... Then you know it got all out in the in the media, and they were they said, okay, we're gonna 
we're going to protest and we're going to boycott their Chick-fil-A. And they did. But guess what? The Christian community came out in droves and supported Chick-fil-A. That's a more positive end where, uh, like Craig is saying, it doesn't happen enough. Exactly. And so there's ways and means of doing that when it comes to other situations like uh, you know, that was just being mentioned about, you know, and stuff that's being taught in school uh, when it's time to vote and bringing people in, in office and things of that nature. You know, the the Christian church, you know, they can respond. But well, like like Craig said, you know, it's trying to keep keep up with the Joneses and things like that. And we're not telling people they can't work. They can't. Right. You know, do things. But what was what was a what was the saying that we used to always say at Living by the Word? Bringing balance to an unbalanced, to an unbalanced world. world. And, and let me share this with you guys, right quick. And Craig, you guys, tell me what you think about this thought, because these are the type of uh, thoughts I have, uh, and I would just simply share this: a misdemeanor uh, crime versus a felony. Um, the police officers, in the way we were trained, if I remember my training properly, we had no more authority our power of whatever you want to call it to arrest someone for a misdemeanor because we didn't see it happen. A felony is a, little, a whole lot different for the police officer, but citizens arrest and misdemeanor kind of goes hand in hand. So, you know, the people that's out there um, protesting the, the um, Supreme court justices, if that crime by being in front of their house, cause it is a crime is a misdemeanor, then the police officers that see it on TV and everything can go and arrest people like that. But what the citizens have, individual citizens, me to you, you to me, let's say if I'm out there protesting the thing and Brian, you see me, you can then, for the citizen arrest side of it, and Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, that you can then go get a police officer and demand that that police officer arrest me for committing this violation at the misdemeanor level and take me to jail and do all through that whole process because you are the arresting citizen, as it were, ergo citizen's arrest. That that little so-called power along or authority that you have is given to you by the the state that you're in. That is my understanding. And if people just do those type of things, then you're talking about protesting. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't take the law in your own hand, but follow those directions whereby you can go get a police officer and say, hey, you didn't see this misdemeanor. I saw it. I'll go through the process of making a citizen arrest. Then the officer will execute the arrest. Right. A lot of people don't even know that, but you could take that along and do a lot of changing on a lot of stuff that you see on TV. Well, you know what? Just a thought for right. Christians to do. One of the things that, you know, I witnessed in my lifetime, I was young, but I looked at the way change came about just from uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there were people involved, uh, a lot of people yeah. involved. It was a peaceful uh, demonstration. Uh, demonstration. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Change was made. Indeed. And so there's t- a lot of things we can do. Don't tell me Chris- the Christian community can't do that. But, Craig, what was that saying you said again about the, uh, the apathy? How did that little, uh, uh, little ditty you did goes again? Oh. The little ditty, Craig. Basically, you know, what's the difference between apathy and ignorant or ignorance? And it's like I don't know and I don't care. That's the one. Um, I got. Man, I got to remember that one. <laughs> I have to remember that and, one. That's a good one. I believe, and I, I don't mean to be trite and just you know little um, quotations, but all it takes for evil to, to prosper is for good men to do Indeed. nothing. And you know, it's we we. Christians often were a day late and a dollar show short. Christians don't often don't vote, yet they they, they complain. Um, and it's I would argue we have not only a right, but we have a duty. We are Caesar. P- 
People are like so confused on this. Like, we need to obey the powers that be. You are the power. It's a representative form of government. And if we don't hold our representatives accountable, I believe God's going to hold us accountable. We're the problem. I'm not looking at mere politics to fix the problems. But, for example, it's a good thing that we have laws against selling fentanyl or heroin to kids or anybody else. Is that a good thing? Yes, it is. It's not the gospel, but it's still good. It's still a form of common grace. And I would argue the Church needs to wake up. And we're, I'm going to argue, my view is the Church on the whole is derelict in its duty. We, we don't want to get involved. We, we're, we don't know what's going on. Uh, most Christians don't vote. They don't spend a minim, minimal amount of time. We've got elections coming up again. Man. They don't spend the minimal amount of time to, to get up on the issues. You don't need to be a, a legal expert or political you know, analysis, analyst to understand all this. There are great sites that do a lot of job of breaking down this stuff, telling you where various candidates stands on issues. I mean, look at that. I mean, our freedoms are, are, are being taken away. I mean, I even think of the thing where Biden wants to pass this treaty where it gives who, the World Health Organization, the right to mandate to us what to do and to tell us when there's a, 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 a pandemic and what we have, how we have to respond and so on and so forth. We're, we're losing our freedoms, and I just want to say we almost deserve what we're getting. Yes. Because we're not willing, we're not willing to stand up for what's right and what's good. We need to be—you uh, need to be ever vigilant, just as we need to keep our spiritual eyes and ears on, and ultimately, always walk by the power of the Spirit of God, walk with the Lord. But we need—and part of that is being aware of what's going on in our culture and what the issues are, and where candidates stand on issues. I mean, look at the slaughter. How many millions of babies have been killed since Roe v. Wade? Mm. And and by the way, if you, well, I'm not going to go there. It just I'm going to say Roe v. Wade. Th- those decisions were so. And then Casey, the Planned Parenthood, yeah. was so badly argued. That's some of the worst re- legal reasoning I've ever seen in my life. But people want it, and people saying abortion is a human right. Where do you get that? Mm. What is a human right? Where do they come from? Who told you it's a human? It's a human right. I mean, there's, we are allowing all kinds of things to go on. And you would say, well, that's a little different. Look, if somebody murders my neighbor and, and I, 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 I don't do anything about it, I don't speak out and demand justice and the police and the government investigate it and solve it and bring it to justice, those who did it, how am I not responsible? Why can't we see that? Why are we as Christians? You know, the average Christian just wants to be comfortable. They want to be left alone. No, look, I, I want to be comfortable, too, but, but we, we should be compelled to be involved. We're compelled to share the gospel. It's a privilege, and it's a duty. It's a responsibility to, us. to share the gospel and to be salt and light in our culture. And, and yet Christians are conspicuous in general, broadly speaking. We're conspicuous by our absence. And then look at the mess that we have. Look at the rampant crime and the increase in crime. Um, how did Gascon get in office? Somebody voted for him. Indeed. What, he just, he just showed up and they gave him the office because he wanted it? No, because enough people who wanted him voted him in. And look at the hell that's been unleashed upon L.A., L.A. County. I tell you, in the beginning of our show, we talk about if you don't do anything in regards to the problem, uh, then, I mean, if you don't have any answers or do anything, the apathy you were talking about, Craig, then you are part of the problem. And that's, that's to me, that's the bottom line for every believer, that you have to consider what God has given you to do. And uh, we talk about that in Ephesians uh, uh, 2.10, whereby, okay, you're saved. 
Now you got work to do. God's giving you something to do. So you need to prayerfully get charged up. You need to prayerfully ask the Father, hey, what would you have me to do about this? Just don't state problems. Please don't come to me with a bunch of problems and don't have some offering some solution. I'm not wasting my time listening to you unless you're going to offer me a solution to the problem you talked about. Give me something. Give me a thought on it. 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552. We have about uh, seven and a half minutes left, guys. Uh, let's go back to the phone calls and let's talk with, yeah, you're making Brian right. Look, he's smiling over here, Craig. They're making Brian right. So I gave the number, but that's okay. David from Westwood, thanks for calling in. David? Hello? Yeah, David, you're on with yeah. us. How you doing, sir? Okay. I, I have a, a, a biblical uh, contradiction in the Old Testament. Okay. Okay, it's Second Samuel twenty four one, where it says uh, that the Lord incited David to number the Israelites. Right, you know that was a sin. And, but in First Chronicles twenty one one, it says Satan uh, stood against Israel and incited David. Which, you know, I realize that there are times that you can't tell that. You know, to me, uh, and I've had this. You know, I'm, I'm sure the professor has heard this before, but you can't tell which, when God is attacking you. Or, you know, God is not supposed to tempt you, but in a way, he you know, he controls the universe. Right. And he, he you know, he allows Satan to. And I would just like to have, you know, the, that passage explained. Oh, yeah, let's get to it, because you know what's happening, David? Many people are calling in within the last 15 minutes, so we do not have a false prophet among our midst. Thank you very much, Brian. Craig, let's get into David's question. About five minutes left. Yeah, well, thanks, David. And I think, as you well know, because your background is, it, it, the Hebraic thought is God causes everything because either he d- directly does it or he, he allows it. It only can happen if he allows it. So it's both and here. God is the one who's behind it, but he, he, he allows it to happen by basically letting the devil go after David and tempting him. So it's not either or, it's both and. There are a number of passages, and if you look at it, it sounds like, well, it's this way. Like, who, Pharaoh, who hardened his heart? Did God harden his heart, or did Pharaoh Indeed. harden his heart? It's both and. In fact, the argument would be that that we're so messed up that all God has to do is simply not oppose us, not prevent us from doing evil, and we do that. And so, in that sense, he caused uh, or hardened Pharaoh's heart, because he knows it's going to happen when God takes his hands off. So God allowed the devil to do what he wanted to do and provoke David to sin. It, so it's both and. Uh, Luther said it, well, the devil is God's devil, and he can only do what God allows. <laughs> now, God has uh, easy reasons. A godly but, devil. <laughs> but, 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 well, no, he's not a godly uh, No, I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Go ahead. <laughs> so so it's, it's, it, you know, it's a great question, but it's, it's not a, a contradiction is, when a statement cannot be both true and false in the same time or same sense. But the sense here differs. It is, God doesn't directly incite David. He, he simply removes his hand and lets mm-hmm. the devil tempt David, and David gives into it, and then gets judgment brings, comes upon him and Israel for his sin. D- David, a couple, uh, a couple things. There's, one, uh, there's a book you may want to get. It's called The Encyclopedia of Bible Difficulties. And they mm-hmm. go over a lot of these things that are they are apparent contradictions, but they're not. Right. And there's another one. It's Haley, what's it, Craig Haley's? Uh, what's the name? Alleged of the, discrepancies of the Bible. Oh, yeah, alleged discrepancies of the Bible too. And th- and it's good to have on your bookshelf too. So when you come across passages like this, you can just go in there and see the explanation. David, thank okay, you very much, brother. More- Okay, sure. No, 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 David, hold on. You know what? Because the call that Brian predicted was going to come in 
We're not going to be able yeah. to take those calls anyway. Give me your last question because we're going to close out on your last how question. Would you explain that to, how would you explain it to a non-believer, though? Oh, okay. That's a, uh, you know, you believe in God. We believe in God and Satan. How do you explain that to somebody that says, oh, that's a really, uh, that's a direct, uh, you know, they changed the once for God. Well, I, says Satan first of all, Okay, but here here we go. I wouldn't only have five minutes to do it, number one. I'm just being squeezed by time, right. so I'm squeezing my answer down. I would have to explain to them. I teach logic, so I would explain what a contradiction is. Most people, they, they, they don't know what a contradiction is. They think, if I say, although my friend John is dumb, he's, he's quite intelligent. Well, you just contradicted yourself. Not if I mean dumb, he can't, he can't hear or speak. So... The, the point is, they need to define the law of contradiction pr- properly. A cannot be non-A. A statement, a proposition cannot both be both true and false in the same time or same sense. And so I would explain that. I have a little handout I can give to people. This is what a contradiction is. Let's get this straight first, because if you don't have that straight first, you can't talk about a contradiction. I think it's pretty self-evident. You need to know what one is. And most people, frankly, don't. They don't know the difference between the antimony and the paradox. And I have to stop and explain. Explain it. Then I go through and I said, "Look, here's the Christian perspective," and then I explained there is a devil and there is God, and God will allow the devil to do things. And in that sense, because of the mindset, this is deals also with called causality, and there's different types of causes, and there's what are called secondary causes and otherwise. I'd even bring in the law. There's what's called approximate cause. So there's different things you have to explain to people. People think they're experts on everything, and most people are hardly experts on anything, but everybody thinks they're so smart and they're so educated. So you have to stop and explain it. Then I go through the biblical analysis and so this is what happened. So I would do the same thing. I would just spend more time. So I'll tell you what, you call back next week. I will put you right up front. I'm going to spend more time on this. But right now I'm I'm doing Jeopardy. I've got 30 seconds. That's right. And, uh, you know, (laughs) to to answer. (laughs) Okay. You get that priority, David. You move to the top of the list. Right. Thank you, David. And, and, and David. And, and, and David, for time's sake, call the beginning of the show so we can get more information into it. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Well, I want to have you promise he'd come true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's a false prophet. There's no calls coming in now. Thank you, David. God bless, man. Well, Mr. Prophet, take about a minute. We, we have about three minutes left, Gabe. Okay? About three minutes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, our our engineer's busy. He's, yeah, he's really busy. <laughs> no, I, I definitely... Um, um, I, I want to say I'm going to get the this information up real fast because I think what we talked about at the beginning of the show is very, very important dealing with, uh, you know, uh, the topic of, of what of the things that are going on in the world. And so um, so I, it's important for people to hear that. And, uh, you know, if they have questions, yeah, I say call in next week. You know, yeah, I have to we'll listen to it and do it like that. Now, once you give me your closing thoughts, you have 30 seconds, sir. My closing thoughts are this. Uh, I say it every week, and I'm going to hold to it, and that is eternity is too long to be wrong. It, because the bottom line, it's it's a person's salvation. It's their eternity. And I, I, I say it with, with the fact that just think of what eternity is. And when you die, you're going into that eternity. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you know where you are going. Indeed. PCA, 30 seconds, sir. 
Well, sure. And I would say I even more, have even more examples. I often with my students, I talk about, I say, I'm a person of color. I'm going to be applying for your scholarship. Hey, hey now you should have used that, that one a long time ago. You could have started this whole stuff. Nobody finds that amusing when I say that. They say they believe this. So we just need to know what we believe and why. And I want to encourage people suffering from so sorrow. The answer is to know Jesus Christ as your Indeed. Lord and Savior. That's what it's all about. He is the antidote. He and he alone is the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to know if the Bible is solid on anything until you read it. So please take an opportunity to read the Bible. We offer various ways to read it. There's various ways you can read it. You don't have to go by the way we read it, but you need to get into it. You need to read it. You need to study it. You need to meditate. You need to pray. You need to treat the relationship that you claim that you have with God. This is for believers. The relationship you claim you have with God, you need to treat it just as serious as not more serious than any other relationship you have. Because uh, you know how people say, I can tell the way a person will be the way he treat his mom and that type of stuff in a relationship. Well, I can tell the way you're going to be to the world and the way you treat your God. The way when you claim you believe in a God and we can read in the Bible what this God is about and what he's done for you, then you know what? You need to step up your game. And stepping up your game means getting into the word. So that way you can live by the word. So on behalf of the whole listening audience and also our teammates, this is Daryl Easy Default to Mama Grace and Big Daddy's Baby Boy saying the Lord willing. We'll be back next week with more of the Bible Information Brokers presented by Living by the Word Ministries and those that participate in giving. God bless. <music>